There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Baby Got Batch. I'm Brett Vergara. And I'm Camila Salazar. And how are we feeling this week? How are we doing? Um, I am extremely tired. Um, sometimes <laughs> life and gets in the way and work gets in the way and you end up not sleeping a whole lot a night. And, yeah. and unfortunately today, that's, that's me. So <laughs> Fair enough. Um, how are you, Brett, this week? Well, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm feeling like a little bit more uh, not like energized. That's that's too bold of a word. But I feel like my energy levels aren't at like a negative five. So mm-hmm. we're at like a like a negative two at like a zero. So <laughs> moving on up in the world slightly. Uh, but yeah, it's one thing if you know your life is you know naturally uh, there's there's like stuff going on that's making it all the more tiring and all that, and then it's compounded by bachelor world continuing to be exhausting so yeah it's a lot it's all a lot but i will say there was one silver light to the exhausting uh not even just bachelor world but just just everything else is that i was introduced to clubhouse this past weekend and boy when i tell you my life has changed i feel bad slightly bringing this up because listener you might remember that camila has an android and (laughs) Clubhouse is currently iPhone only neglecting Android users. <laughs> I got to say, I haven't felt this um, excluded or this much like annoyance. Yeah, at no fair. iPhone and at Android since Snapchat <laughs> since Snapchat 2012, because yeah. that uh, that was the last time an app became big on iPhone and then just took forever to make its way to Android. And ever since yeah. Snapchat. Like everything has released on both at the same time, at least from my personal experience. So, curse. Yeah. Well, because I used to have an Android. This is like so many years ago, maybe six or seven. And I remember that's actually why I went back to iPhone is because oh there God. were so many apps that were getting released. I was like, not again. I'm once again excluded. And I was just sick of it. I was fucking sick of it. And uh, yeah, now there's never going, never going back. But I do want to give the lowdown, if you will, on what Clubhouse even is, because I'm sure a lot of people very similar to me last week are seeing Clubhouse starting to get more attention, but they have no idea what it is. So I like to say it's one, it's like a live interactive podcast, but I also more like the comparison of a panel. So it's audio only as of, you know, right now. Um, and you can create these rooms and you can have different moderators and speakers. And usually there's a few of those people leading the conversation. And then depending on the room, they'll bring listeners up on stage. They can either 
you know, ask a question, share a story, maybe be up there for a little bit longer, but it's, um, I think it's like less, it's less exhausting than like a zoom, you know, kind of happy hour. Cause I've been spending so many hours on this thing. Like I have had multiple nights mainly because this past week, uh, there was, there's a contestant named Garen who is on Claire season. I believe he went home night one. Um, but he has taken it upon himself. He's a professor at USC, uh, to, uh, welcome bachelor nation into clubhouse so he's hosted these welcome rooms for you know tammy for damar um plenty of other people too he hosted one for me on friday so that's how i got swept in uh and i've had a lot of fun just uh getting to know people in like the brett's bachelor buds a little bit more because i've seen so many faces um but i can now put voices to those faces and and really also hear the perspectives a lot of our um, a lot of our like BIPOC group members and listeners because it's it's definitely both and I don't know it just feels really fucking special I've just felt really earnest about this clubhouse thing and I'm really excited to see where it goes yeah clubhouse has been or at least I've been hearing about it for a while now for a few months um you know rumblings of this being like the next big social media like hearing about the different celebrities and you know quote-unquote thought leaders who are on clubhouse you know i i've heard about a lot of different people you know being in this same room sharing ideas and it just kind of being literally a fly on the wall and how it's also the type of room that wouldn't just like never exist irl Mm. unfortunately (laughs) um could not get in and it's so funny because i i was like perfect brett send me an invite (laughs) and then you know that's when we realized that yeah. I was not getting in. Yeah. Um, no. but I'm glad you guys had a great time. Like I remember, yeah, yeah. Brett, you talking about five hours of being on yeah. Clubhouse. Was, like five <laughs> hours like on Friday, five hours on Sunday. I oh, think wow. three hours last night. It's been it's been a lot. And actually more on Thursday too. I actually made up with uh Chris Randone from Becca's season because he used to fucking hate me. Because yeah. I think like I, you know, tweeted something about like him being the worst. And yeah, I was like reacting to something he was doing on Paradise. And then he was just like fucking furious with me. But you know, like with, with Clubhouse. I thought it was political um, related. No, no. I mean, very well could be also that. But oh, okay. um, no, it was mainly just like commentary about, you know, him and his actions in the time. But I think gotcha. he's since done a lot of reflecting. And and yeah, I don't know. It, it's very humanizing that that app and... Um, I've had a lot of just really, really great conversations. And I think just because people don't feel the exhaustion of being on camera, they're willing to let their guards down a little bit more. Um, but yeah, no, we were, we were chatting with like Tammy and Garen and a few other bachelor people popping in and out. And I think just because we had some mutuals in, in the space, a lot of whom can like attest that I'm not a little goblin, uh, then, then, uh, yeah, no, it's just, it was really nice. We're, we're healed. Yeah, well, I'm happy that uh, friendships were mended in the clubhouse. You know, I personally love that full circle moment with friendships and such. <laughs> yeah, pure pure and wholesome vibes on clubhouse. Pure and wholesome vibes on clubhouse. Um, and with that, shall we get into this hometown date? You know what? Let's do it. So we start off this episode with a little sizzle reel of hometowns, but... You know, more importantly, we get more Peloton. I did know that he was not on the Peloton this time, but it was just 
happily in the background while he lifted some weights. Well, actually, so in a way, he was on Peloton because now I'm getting more indoctrined into the cult of Peloton. But Peloton's about more than the bike, baby. You know, it's got strength workouts. It's got yoga exercises. That's why the screen was tilted. Uh, and this is more applicable mm. this week than ever because my Peloton gets here on Thursday. Oh, my I'm God. I'm so fucking excited. I can't. That's crazy. To kind of know. I know. And, and also, too, I mean, it was supposed to get here in the middle of March and it got moved up. So it's just like it's kind of like when you find like a $10 bill in your pocket. That's what it felt like. Everything's coming up, Brett. Everything's coming up. Listen, this week I got a Peloton coming. I got a new mattress. Um, I got verified on Instagram last night. And I'm Congrats. so excited. Thank you. It's so dumb to be so excited about that. But yeah, I, we live different when I, lives. <laughs> when I tell you I gasped when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God. I, I actually had to text multiple friends and have them confirm it to me that I wasn't like hallucinating something. Do you do they send you like a push notification that you've been verified like how, how do you no. find out I, yeah it just i shows wanted up? it to be more ceremonious yeah no like i uh so i did request it and uh i don't know and i've requested it before and then you do get a push notification when you're rejected so i don't know maybe give a push notification what? for when you're except yeah it's and it hurts every single time because i've gotten that probably six times now of like yeah you know sorry your application is denied but yep, nothing for when it's approved. Just uh, had to stumble into it and uh, yeah, work on that Instagram. What are you doing? Wow. All that. And then also discovering your new favorite social media app, Clubhouse. Like you've know, had, you've it's had a, a week. It's a good week for It's Brett. a week. I'm, no, I'm, I'm pretty into it. I'm really feeling, uh, you know, like the, the tides are turning over here. <laughs> um, just like they're turning for Matt and the women this week. With oh, hometown, boy. I know. Nice, nice bringing us back. <laughs> but yeah, so then after the little uh, Peloton sizzle reel that I always appreciate even more now, uh, we got he who must not be named uh, jumps in and uh, gives the women the lowdown on how hometowns are going to work. So the families are coming to Nemecolin, and Michelle was first. I, you know, and obviously we, we see a little bit of, um, we saw a little bit of this and actually a teaser that was put on like social media and all that. So we kind of knew what, what was coming a little bit, but, uh, I've been so excited for Michelle's hometown in particular, mainly because I knew they were going to bring up the teacher thing. And I have such an earnest spot in my heart and appreciation for teachers this past year. And, uh, yeah, highlighted the episode right here for me. So we get Michelle coming up to Matt. And also, they're matching. Yeah, I thought that was really cute. But yeah, so after uh, we get a little cute little bike ride, and then they pull up to this, like, ran. I don't know exactly where they are, where this, like, auditorium thing is, but uh, they pull up to Mrs. Young's classroom. And it's a Zoom with kids in her class and they and there's even some that have like little uh team miss young shirts just just talk about pure and wholesome just lots of pure and wholesome energy here i thought those shirts were super cute um uh, i hate i'm about to be this person because you know we're talking about how much you like you know this do i have to fight you do i have to fight you right now no but i just (laughs) you know i want to i guess call back to that 
conversation on the one-on-one night portion that um, that Michelle had with Matt. What made you want to get into teaching and education? From a young age, I just always wanted to help those around me. And as I got older, I realized that you can enter a passion of work that allows you to do that every day. I'm able to go to work and I know that I'm making a difference. Some days it doesn't feel like that when you get home. <laughs> yeah. But I'm constantly thinking about like my students mm-hmm. and what kind of year it is with the pandemic and everything at George Floyd in Minnesota this past spring yeah. it was very close to home. And so it's been a, a really difficult year for my students, especially my students of color and wanting to make sure that I can be there for them. You know, of, of course, I a few episodes later, you know, we addressed it in the intro where I, you know, admitted that what it sounded like what I was saying was policing their conversation and how they should have responded when what I meant, you know, and what I thought I said in my head was that like it seemed very like producer manipulated to be a watered down version of their Black Lives Matter talk, you know, to make it more palatable. Like it seemed like in post production, it was made more palatable. Um, and I still think that. But one thing that stood out to me when I was excited to see like this kid montage, I was excited for that. But, you know, in that conversation, I remember thinking like, okay, they're only framing like the Black Lives Matter as like being affected her children and her children who are BIPOC. The moving thing about being a teacher to her is that she could help all of her BIPOC students. And then we have this grid of her students and they're all white except for one. And so for me, I was just wondering, like, I was just confused in terms of, like, does she have more and they only just put one? Um, or is it that she doesn't because maybe she's from, like, a, you know, she's from Wisconsin. I don't know how um, diverse her town is. Maybe this is just the makeup of the town. But I'm just confused when she's talking about, like, oh, helping her children is this like the makeup of of her class where it's like, oh, she's helping like these white kids understand what's going on around them, which also good on, like that would make sense. The comment about, you know, parents being receptive to hearing these sort of things from their Mm -hmm. teacher. Like that comment, I was a little confused by. And then I'm like, oh, well, it would make sense if they're all white. So I I guess I was just confused because the perception, again, that that conversation gave to me was that like, you know, she teaches mainly BIPOC students that was one of the ways that she was really really impacted by the events of this past summer and again not that it there's a wrong way to be impacted I'm just confused by does that make sense it's like I'm just confused because it was framed to be through the eyes of BIPOC children and her class that the same show who edited that conversation and chose that chunk of their Black Lives Matter talk to show to us at the sa- in the same term that production like showed this classroom to us yeah no that makes no it makes a lot of sense and and i actually hadn't even really given that like as as much thought and i appreciate you uh you bringing that up and it does make me want to like go back and look at that conversation right and like kind of uh see it in in this new lens right now that we yeah. know um i mean and yeah like i don't know if that's like her full class, like there's all these details that we don't fully know, but yeah. it is, you know, something to highlight. It, it's just one of those things where, and again, not judging her or 
again, I'm not critiquing anything that she did or said. It just does feel like these are choices that production made. And that, I think, is what we need to just kind of put a lens on. Again, this is not yeah. like accusatory. This is not like they they only put white kids and then at the last second realized and then threw a black one in there. Like, it's not like that at all. It's just like, what do the optics of what they're showing us and what they're telling us, like, how do they match with each other? Do they match with each other? You know, it's kind of just like really examining every little, I mean, especially with all this Chris Harrison stuff, it's like examining the messages that they're sending to us Mm -hmm. um, about race and then seeing the images that, that they maybe they do or don't realize accompany those messages that they send us about race. And this is one of those images that accompanies a, a conversation about race that they showed us um, yeah. many moons ago. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's uh no, you gave, you gave me a lot to, to think about because even as someone who like, I, you know, again, it, it just goes to show that, you know, just like kind of when you think you're, you're kind of like getting a little bit more of a, you're, you're becoming more aware of these things. There's always something that like to, to, to take into consideration. Um, so yeah. So like after they, you know, leave the, the zoom room, if you will, <laughs> uh, they're, they're chatting a little bit after and they have this conversation. How, how important <laughs> to you is it that someone who you're with is like on that level with you on, in terms of like how passionate you are about your kids? So like, what do you think she's going to say here? It's like, no, I don't really care if they don't, don't give a shit about me being a teacher or they don't give a shit about my kids. Like, Matthew, ask better questions. Come on. You have this, this is like where you've really got to you're in hometowns. You're in hometowns. This is like the the final stretch. And this is what you say. Come on. Do better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't uh, catch this, but it's making me laugh now. <laughs> I just yeah, it's like listen, we we talk, you know, uh justice for Abigail last week. Uh we talk about the importance of time and you're just wasting time with questions like this. What are you doing? Anyway, I just had to get that off my chest because it was such a weird specific thing that bothered me. Yeah. Um and with that, we're at the night portion of Michelle's hometown day and we finally meet um the first set of parents from this season. And so they seem really wholesome and kind, you know, good energy in this room. I love them so much. I love Michelle's dad in particular so much. Like we're off to a strong start. Yeah, he did charm me. That's for sure. I thought he was extremely cute and sincere. And you just love that on, yeah. especially on these incredibly uh, fabricated shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and so, you know, her dad pulls her aside and, you know, asks what she likes about Matt and I really did love her answer about how he wants to make a difference. And like, yeah, um, yeah. And I was and so like, I was so glad she brought that up because like, not that, uh, you know, everybody has like their own impact on the world, like and all that. Um, but that being said, it really did highlight that both Michelle and Matt are very like mission driven and like what they do yeah. and impact driven. And yeah, it just it's another commonality beyond their their attire. Yeah. Um. Another moment that, you know, I think you and I both noticed, Michelle talks about how her parents saw her in a really hard place a year or two ago. Um, 
and it's just like obviously relu- alluding to yeah. like some sort of heartbreak but like what a cliffhanger i want to know more yeah. and it's and this happened like a couple other times throughout this episode yeah. with other women and it's like i want the backstory so bad but of course like not only is this show not about <laughs> that backstory and they would yeah. probably never really show that backstory um yeah. uh, which is a bummer because i want to know um no, I know. And this is where I struggle with the balance of like, part of me is like, oh, uh, does she just want to like keep that private? Or is it just something, right? Kind of like what you're saying of it was just like a relationship that, you know, had like a really bad ending, what have you. But then another part of my brain is just like ready to fight the franchise. And it's like, is it because you spent so much time on Victoria and you didn't have the time to dedicate to this story? What's going on here? So, um, yeah, I guess we don't fully know. And I love how you brought that up because I genuinely felt that only that I was only prepared for two of these hometowns, like the other two. Yeah, I was like, this person's a stranger. Like you're yeah. you're trying to convince yeah. me that Matt might pick this person. Like I'm yeah. not a fucking idiot. Like they're like yeah. this is one stranger meeting another person's parent after two three dates. And yeah. is that the reality of the situation? Yes, but have they been able to mask that? in several seasons past because they invest way more time in the relationships in the past than they did this season. Also. Yes. Like it it was definitely so striking, you know, just the fact that we're at hometowns and it just really made you realize like how little we know about some of these women. And that's mm -hmm. yeah, disappointing and sad. Yeah. And I got to say for my two, the two that I just alluded to, it's Michelle's hometown and Serena P's hometown. And um, mm. we know what happens with Serena P, so I'm not super hopeful here for Michelle, but mm. I do love her so much, and I think she's yeah. such a wonderful woman. Um, yeah. So her dad pulls Matt aside, and they talk, like all these parents are very rightly concerned about you know their daughter just being one of four women. Yeah, right. <laughs> that he is, you know, talking to parents about marrying. So... Rightly concerned, and you know, Matt kind of talks about how he's he is falling in love with Michelle, but he hasn't really told her, and he's kind of like making it seem like it's the franchise's fault that he hasn't told her. But we know he said these things to the face of other women, so that's also Mm -hmm. not boding well for me for Michelle. And it feels like also in past seasons, like like I don't know why, but it seems very obvious to me even just watching who wins. Like, I don't, even after Bree's hometown, I also felt like, I felt like her one-on-one in the beginning of the season was like a springboard for her. And then we like never really saw her again, yeah, ever. Right. And then the last few episodes, mm-hmm. they like sprinkled her in here and there. So, mm-hmm. like, it feels to me extremely obvious who wins. Mm-hmm. I think it's Rachel. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. We're literally only still in the first hometown. Um, but it just feels like from this hometown episode, like it feels obvious that it's Rachel. Um, and again, I'm I'm spoiler free. So yeah, I, I feel like we've seen more of a relationship develop between Matt and his Peloton than any of the women here. <laughs> so Basically. accurate. Um, and with that, I mean, I brought up Rachel's hometown, so let's just get into that. Um, Rachel pulls up, Matt Style pulls up in a fancy car, blindfolds him and drives him off campus. Woo, off campus trip. Yeah. Um, are they going bowling again? No, skydiving. Which I will say before this date, 
I have always wanted to go skydiving, and now I'm having second thoughts. <laughs> um, I have gone skydiving. Um, oh, shit. I went. I've gone once. I was. It was not too long ago. I was 25, I think, and it was when I was doing this big trip in Australia. I was there. I was in oh, Australia man. for like three or four months in 2019. What a place to do it! Damn. Yeah. I'm well, so not jealous. A- yeah, so not only was it in Australia, but it was in the outback. Like I went to Uluru, which is like the giant sacred rock that's oh, in yeah. the middle of the yeah. desert. And I was there for like a week, which one week in Uluru is way too long. Like not because it there's it's not awesome. Like it is awesome, but there's literally nothing like the only there's literally nothing to do there and it's like in the fucking desert. Like the only <laughs> and when I say that I mean like there's the only town there is like a man-made resort town. And so you run out of things to do after you like do all the, and it's like a small resort town. Like it's not, there's, it's not like, like resort is generous. So we did all the nature stuff. We did everything. And so on the last day or the second to last day, we truly had nothing left to do. Like, and I was just kind of like, I'm going to go skydiving. Like, so it was you did random. it on a whim? Oh, man. That's yeah. even more Yeah. When, when we got there at the start of the week, I saw the brochure for it. And I was just like, mm, maybe. I've been wanting to do that for a few years now. Um, so maybe. And then it just kind of like was at the back of my head. Like just like kind of like yeah. pushing at me. And then so that day, yeah, it was a whim. I was just like, fuck it. Let's do it. And so I went skydiving over Uluru. And it was like incredibly gorgeous, beautiful. Um and it, it's amazing because this is the center of Australia. And so when you're up that high, when you can see the pure nothingness, like it's just like so flat except Man. for these two giant rocks, which is why they're like such um, a tourist destination. Like it's really like their Grand Canyon. It's like absolutely, yeah. it's it's like an inverted Grand Canyon. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and then everything, it's just like nothingness for as long as your eyes can see. And that part of Australia, I guess, used to be underwater. Yeah, and you wow. can see like a sea floor, like what would have been like a sea floor. I don't know. It's very cool. I'm gonna have a video of it on my Instagram. <laughs> Just in case you were curious. So I haven't been skydiving. That's all making me want to go skydiving. Like I'm, I'm back on the skydiving train. the The closest thing that I've done is, and I won't go fully into it, but I've done like paragliding before. I did that in Switzerland in the Alps, and it was like just. I think a lot of people expect experiences like. You know, skydiving or paragliding, what have you, to be these like really adrenaline, you know, rushing things. But at least for me, it was so serene. Like if anything, yeah. I haven't felt that at peace doing anything else. And I wasn't expecting that sort of reaction. Yeah. I that's so funny you say that because I've been paragliding uh in Colombia when I was like 14. And I threw up in the air. So, you know, different experiences (laughs) for different people. I really, (laughs) oh man, I'm just, now I'm just like picturing, oh, I don't want to picture this anymore. Never mind. (laughs) I was, I was really trying to unpack where that went. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was like fun until it wasn't. And it's so funny because when I told my mom that I was going, um, that I was going to (laughs) do the, uh, (laughs) the skydiving, she was just like, oh, okay. Like be careful, you know, and I could tell that she wanted to be like, don't throw up. And then she didn't. And I'm obviously happy she didn't say that. We, uh, she brought it up afterwards. She was like, so did you throw up? <laughs> um, but when we were free falling, like that part was amazing and incredible. Yeah. And then when we pulled the parachute, 
the for the most part it was fine but it was like my stomach had muscle memory and it was like remembering the last time i was in a parachute like that and i was like starting to get a little like it it was like a it was like if motion sickness had like ghost pains like it was like (laughs) i was like i am i actually nauseated or am i just remembering the last time i was like being jerked around by the wind like this yeah yeah so it was strange and so then when we landed i was like really wasn't sure if i was like nauseated or not for like an hour or two um <laughs> but i think it was probably yeah but i think it was more muscle memory than anything i didn't throw up or anything and it was yeah but it was like so incredible and worth it and like that yeah. feel those feelings of peace like it, yeah. it, that was there for sure so i definitely highly recommend it and i'm glad i could get you back on the on the train oh yeah just logistically and then we'll we'll get off the uh the the skydiving throw up paragliding train uh, but <laughs> if you're gonna throw up in either of those experiences i feel like paragliding is the better one just like logistics wise because skydiving you're just moving real fast downward doesn't feel like it's gonna go your way <laughs> yeah agreed agreed <laughs> And I'm also glad that when you did skydive, you didn't uh, smash your face like Rachel did on yeah. this date. Yeah, I was about to say, the good way to bring it back, uh, <laughs> I get why you might have gotten scared off the skydiving train because that really did look really aggressive. Um, yeah. It was scary. It, But is it horrible? I'm going to admit that my first horrible thought was, I bet Rachel's like, holy shit, I hope I don't fuck up my face for the finale. Like, uh, oh, you know, yeah, which yeah. is still a real fear. Like, I would have that. Yeah, it's a fair shit. thought. Yeah. Well, I think she kind of even alludes to that a little bit, you know, later in in the night when she's talking with her mom that like, oh, you can't see it. But because like they must have just like put some more makeup on her or what have you to maybe cover something. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. valid fear. Yeah. Um, I was surprised. I'm like, I need to know what she did to cover those bruises. Like I had a bruise from moving recently that was like on my shoulder blade. And so in Florida, I've been wearing a lot of tank tops and stuff because it's hot here. (laughs) Um, and it was just like so ugly, you know? So I tried covering it up so much and I have like all these fancy tools and things. And I, all I could do was make it like slightly less bright, Honestly, it was just still there. Yeah. It was still visible. So if Rachel's face was all bruised up and we couldn't tell because of makeup power, like, please show us how. Just show us yeah, how. Well, well, actually talking about all this, that kind of leads to a natural transition right in just into the, the night part of, of the uh, hometown day when we do eventually meet Rachel's family, which I do think hits a little different for me because, you know, obviously I've seen uh, part, you know, members of her family and friends, like, and all that, like, defending her in TikTok comments. So it, it just uh, it reads a little differently now. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, Rachel and, and um, makeup potentially hiding some of these gruesome injuries. Oh but I will God. say, I was very, I was very kind of, like, surprised when, uh, you know, because Rachel obviously – alludes to it briefly and then when her mom pulls her aside she tells her a little bit more it's like yeah it was like pretty bad and i think about like how my mom would have reacted if i told her that and it would not have been like giggles mcgee over here like rachel's (laughs) mom it's like oh you almost died that's hilarious my mom would have been just like cut the cameras we need to have a talk she would have been yeah would have just gone from 60 to zero real quick on the facial expression 
Yeah. I do want to say we we're we're talking about, you know, Rachel and her parents now and stuff, but um I feel like we talked about her fall but like at the same time glossed over it. So I Yeah. <laughs> I did want to say like I guess I just wanted to reference like the part where Matt is like telling her how that he realizes how much he cared about her when he thought mm. that he might lose her and I just it it was just like very bizarre to watch his interaction. Like, I don't know about you, but I felt like he was obviously processing in real time and he's kind of like word vomit processing, which I am extremely guilty of. Like, that is how I process for the most part, as you guys have probably heard um, on this podcast. So I get that. But it's like, I don't know, just like the way he phrased it. I was like, well, how is Rachel supposed to react? Like, she literally was just kind of like, uh-huh, like, almost, like confused but flattered. And it's like, yeah, I don't know how you you would react to someone telling you, like, basically making, like, their near-death experience about themselves. Like, that's the only... Yeah. That's, like, the only succinct way to put it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yes, he was there for her. He checked on her. Like, he's so glad she's okay. Now, let me tell you why well, you almost dying affected <laughs> me so much. <laughs> yeah, right. Also, this, this, I, this, it felt different, but this also felt like, uh, like a cousin of trauma bonding over yeah. here. Definitely a trauma bonding um, adjacent. I don't even know if adjacent, just maybe a different type of trauma bonding. Definitely, yeah. I feel that too, for sure. Um, because there's no denying that this was scary. Like, like we said, like mm-hmm. it was. It she got slammed like face down yeah. into yeah. So definitely a cousin of trauma bonding. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. So we get that conversation with her mom and then, you know, we get her dad and he's playing like the, there's always got to be one stereotypical dad who's just like, well, I don't know. I don't trust this. I don't trust you. Blah. So he was kind of playing that father. Yeah. And I also, um, when Rachel was talking to her dad, I, again, like I get why the parents are so protective and I think like it's a good, you know, even if we see it every year, like, I think it's a good thing that they stay protective of the woman, <laughs> you know, here with her heart in her sleeve but um it was interesting to me when they were discussing like you know whether or not he says this to the other women the dad was like he definitely does and she was like see i don't think he does like maybe that's naive of me but i don't think he does and the crazy thing is is that i think she's kind of right like he has not given anyone else the validation he's given to her like we just saw michelle's hometown date that matt literally told her dad like he isn't like a really allowed to say that or like he's not, he hasn't really shared yeah. his feelings with Michelle, but he feels them. And then that paired with the next bit, which is when, you know, right before Rachel and Matt say goodbye and Matt is very honest with her about, you know, not wanting to ask four different fathers for their blessings. Like yeah. that's even more of a sign to me, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, Oh, he's literally saying like, I'm just not doing it so that, he doesn't think that you're one of four families that yeah. I'm asking. And yeah. so to me, I'm like, yeah, I think Rachel's actually. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 
kind of a little right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? So I, I mostly agree with you. I think the only person I can see that he was being very forthcoming with where he was at was actually Serena P. And we'll get to her later. But mm-hmm. I think like yep. that could have gone a lot differently. But I think yep. it was those two. Yep. I agree. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I know that you don't like the whole, you know, asking for blessings for the woman's hand in marriage, which of course yeah. I agree for me personally, like what I love my parents and like my dad to know and approve of the person yeah. who asks me to marry them. Sure. But I think, I just think that's like morphed, you know, like the, like the origin of this is like dowry and like, sell, you yeah. know, like making right. families, you know, like the origins are sexist, but yeah. I think, you know, like, can you evolve sexist traditions or, like, do you find new ways to do them? Like, I think probably find new ways to do them because because how can you evolve from something like that? But that's a conversation for another time. Um, Well, and also, too, like, with this, too, like, my critique of it, it, it's tough because it's more of a critique of this, again, like, this rooted tradition as a whole. That being Mm -hmm. said, if it's, like, with the person that you're with, if that is meaningful for them, then... I think that's the right move. So it's this tricky thing of like breaking the cycle. And I think for me, it's like if it was involving both parents' opinions, that would be one thing. But the fact that it's always like, oh, just the dad, like wherever the fuck the mom thinks, who cares? But the dad, hell yeah, we need his take. Yeah, this reminds me, I was going to bring, I was going to bring this up anyway, but that double reminds me of JoJo season with, um, you know, all the men were like asking her father for like, for like a blessing to be able to propose to her mm. um except jordan who we know yeah. won and they're still together um and i remember jojo just got so upset when her father told her that he didn't ask mm. like so 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 upset and to me that was like a sign like oh okay jo- she wants to pick jordan right um and then on top of that, I just remember like Jojo just trying to like talk to her dad. I certainly see though Robbie's committed. And you don't feel like Jordan's committed? It's obvious Robbie does plan to propose to you here in Thailand because he did ask mom did and Jordan dad. Did Jordan not ask you? No. Yeah. No. no. Did Jordan ask no. you? No. no. Well, no. no. Not in quite the same manner. Did, what did Jordan say to you? Well, Jordan didn't ask for the Jordan mom. Was, I'm asking dad. Yeah. yeah. Well, so let me ask Dad. Jojo. Jordan. Let me, you said don't interrupt you. Let me I ask. I understand, but he should have asked me too. He didn't ask me. He didn't. Okay. So I think it was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, the mom is like, right, where like her opinion matters too. But it was like this weird thing where like Jojo was like really stressed and like trying to understand what happened. Mm-hmm. And also her dad brought it up to her. It's not like the, her mom brought it up. And... Like, it was like her mom was, like, making it about herself. So it was, like, yeah. this weird thing of, like, I don't know which was the truth or if I think both are probably the truth. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, a weird – it was, just like, a weird <laughs> tense moment Yeah, with a mom. And I – it, like, left a really bad taste in my mouth. And I feel like they hadn't shown a lot of that since. So Yeah, yeah I'd forgotten about that. Because yeah. I, I went yeah, back and watched weird. JoJo's season because uh, I started mm-hmm. later, but – that's one of the that's one of the iconic ones so i had to go back yeah so even with that jojo comparison i feel like the fact that they're even talking about getting the blessing like whether or not matt told every woman this 
doesn't matter because we only see him telling Rachel this. Yeah. Like, you know, that's a production choice. So I feel like this is makes it pretty clear that Rachel wins. Mm, yeah. Um, again, I don't know. This is a spoiler-free take um, for a spoiler-free podcast. Anyway, so with that, we go to Bree's hometown. Um, and so they are going full circle and going off-roading. But this time, Bree's in control. Love a good callback. Um, yep, love a good full circle moment. Um, and then they kind of talk about how they both come from unconventional families, and that's their main bond. Um, and that's pretty much it. Then it's night portion of the day, and Matt comes in with a giant bunny. Uh, don't know why this family yeah, just yeah. How a bunny they, and yeah, the others I was, don't. I was wondering that too. It's like, how do you get a bunny? Like, what level of like is it because her baby sister was there? And if that's the case, little children and bu- and babies love giant bunnies. I myself have a couple pictures of me and my sister <laughs> with a giant purple bunny. And this, I'm only just remembering it right now. So maybe that's why. Yeah, yeah maybe. That could be it. Um. So yeah, again, I want to reiterate that like I felt like even though she was springboarded in her the first one I'm on and then I guess that was like the second episode yeah. of the season. I feel like we haven't seen anything since. And so I don't feel like it feels weird watching this one-on-one because it, it feels like they've literally been on two dates, you yeah. know? Yeah. It does. They didn't do a good job of like selling this love story yeah. as we mentioned right. previously. Right. So with that lens, I'm watching it and I feel like, okay, he's really, really holding on to like the the family dynamic, like the single mom dynamic, um, which are all respectable things. But like, is it love or is it just finding reasons to hold on? Right. Right. Exactly. At least until the elimination, which yeah, we'll get to, (laughs) we'll get to that. I want to come back here, but I think Bree says something at the end that was exactly what I was thinking while I was watching Mm. this whole hometown. I felt like, Oh, Bree's going home. That's what I felt. Yeah. Um, And then that brings us to, Serena P's hometown. So it starts off with Serena P saying, um, oh, it's like important that uh, Matt sees where I grew up. And I was like so ready to roast her. I was about to be like, he's literally not seeing that. But then, okay, like I saw the theme. We're doing a Canada theme date, which I did think, well, I think they could have. I like completely forgot she was from Canada. I Which made it so much funnier to me that she was like, I'm obsessed with Canada and this huge kid. I don't know. I was like, oh, I did not even know yeah. where you were from. I almost like thought that they would. I, I completely forgot she was from Canada, too, because I was trying to remember. Has she like said anything like Canada themed? Has there been any like nod to Canada? I'm almost surprised that they didn't try to like lean into that a little bit more as like a thing. But, yeah, we're reminded. So we get a little uh, a candidate if you will, which I realize uh, literally just sounds like a different word, but written out, it looks very cute. And Yeah, it sounds like candidate. Yeah, just candidate, <laughs> a different word. Um, but we get a little Canada quiz. We get some Canadian delicacies. Uh, I was seeing that, so I will fully own that I, I am not as familiarized with Canadian culture, but I was seeing some hot <laughs> takes on poutine where some people were being like, oh, of course she's like from fucking Toronto because look at that poutine. And people had some takes. So I think the poutine was divisive, uh, but I'm not the one to 
to parse out. Also, which one's right. she didn't choose the poutine, and they're in North Carolina. So, like, cut her some slack. I'm sure this is all they could come up with. Yeah, they were just, they were coming for that poutine. I'm telling you, I saw it from so many people. And I was like, wow, you just really don't know, like, what nerves are going to come out of people. But <laughs> it came out in full force. Um, and then we mm. got a whole bunch of other things I haven't even heard of, like pea meal bacon and, and beaver tail. I literally hadn't heard of all that stuff. Yeah, same. Uh, I mean, same. And then they play a little hockey, just like Canada, Canada, Canada. And then we get to She the, was good at it. She was. She yeah. killed him. Yeah. And then we get to the night part of her hometown. And again, I like Serena P's family too. Just like real warm energy. So that's like three for four of the, the families I like. And I think, listener, I think you could parse out which family I was not vibing with. Uh, but then uh, we see Serena's mom pull her aside. And then we start seeing Serena... Uh, unravel a little bit here. I think she's starting to unpack her feelings. Do you love him? Like, do you love him? He, on paper and in my head, checks every single box. We literally get along so well. Yeah. Like, you can tell, like, we're very, like, laughy and playful. He's extremely affectionate. Yeah. Like, I do sometimes feel like I'm, like, catching up to his feelings. Yeah. But you're falling in love with him. I'm falling for him, yes. Okay. Just to generally kind of cover it, you know what this whole thing reminded me of? Because she has conversations with... Uh, you know, her her sister, her mom, her dad. This reminds me of like when I'm dating someone and it's like early stages and all that. And, you know, Serena says things along the lines of like, oh, you know, he checks all the boxes. He's perfect on paper. That is like that's a red flag, red flag, red flag red city, flag. because that's like when I'm saying that to a friend. I am saying that because I'm waiting for my friend to give me permission and or the clarification that I need to just break up with that person because that is I'm looking for reasons why I should be into it and I'm just not into it and Serena clearly is not into it it is real for someone to like check all the boxes on on paper and there are scenarios where that's like the case and then you like also need to get to know them more and it like is great and it works but usually if you have to say that phrase out loud to someone yeah. when they ask you about yeah. your feelings. <laughs> that means that you don't have feelings. Like it yeah. means like you are looking for them still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe, maybe I feel like the only time when that's not a red flag is if it's like a re- if it's like a first date and you're like he literally checked all the boxes. Like I I just gotta go on a few more dates to see if if he's a secret psycho or not, you know, like it's, it's just like, that's the only instance I think. But even then, like, I don't even think you would say that you would say something like it seemed too good to be true. Like gotta find it, you know? And again, not to like, not that there's like a script of how you should talk about dating, but there's just trends, you know? I just agree with you. It's like super red flaggy to be like, well, he checks all the boxes (laughs) on paper. It's like, yeah. But what about the paper it, in your heart? Yeah, it's followed Serena. by a big butt usually. Always a big butt. Big butt. Yeah. And then and then the last thing about this hometown is like, you know, them really talking about how her old relationship really messed her up. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm left wondering, I'm left scolding myself for wanting the yeah. tea, for wanting yeah. the gossip, for yeah. wanting to know the background, the backstory yeah. here. Um but I do remember that in her first one-on-one, she said that, you know, her last serious relationship she thought was the one. And this yeah. kind of feels like 
like a callback to that. So yeah. obviously that was a very impactful um, relationship for her that she is trying to move on from still. Or like, you know, not that she's not over that person, but like she's still, she's still every day moving forward. Yeah. With, with this moment, I was more satisfied with the details of this one because I'm like, oh, okay. Like I get it. It was a relationship that was really impactful. It didn't work out. It affected you. I think the fact that she said it was a relationship gave me that permission to like just let it go but then like with michelle's it was a lot more like nebulous and mysterious like oh what happened two years ago she didn't say it was a relationship Mm -hmm. two years ago i don't know if it was like a something happened to the family or you know a mental health thing it just it was a lot more mysterious i see what you're saying there's less mystery i needed okay just give me something give me something to work yeah no no no. i totally wow i didn't even think about it that way though because i just assumed the other one was a relationship too so yeah, I don't even know that if it was. <laughs> yeah, really no, that's that. a good point. <laughs> Fuck. Um, and the other thing before we get into like the rose ceremony slash like elimination section of, yeah. of the night, um, you mentioned earlier that like, you know, then we start to see, we meet her family and then we just start to see her unravel. Like, I feel like I really saw that moment when in her initial conversation with her sister What's, like, your impression of him, like, off the bat? I and think us, he's, like, what do you see? I think he's a really cool guy. Like, Matt is, like, everything I would want yeah. for you. Um, to me, it seems like there's just something missing. Which you is, think? Yeah. Like, what is it? I would say you don't seem smitten. And I think it's because you're in your head, personally. I think you're logically being like, yeah, Matt checks all the boxes, but where's that it factor? And I think that in the past, you've looked for that factor mm-hmm. potentially and not looked at the guy. Yeah. You don't want to put Matt in a bad situation and you don't want to put yourself in a bad situation. And the one thing I worry about is you get engaged and you're like, I messed up. It, it seemed like her sister meant, like went into that conversation wanting to say one thing and then in the end it ended up being like, oh, are you just not that into him? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it was kind of like, oh, I know you're really guarded so you're kind of like, looking for reasons to maybe for it not to work out or whatever. And, you know, like you play it safe and, and like, you know, maybe don't do that now. And then it like morphed into this, but also wait, don't like try to reach for something that's not there. Like it, it just like felt like it was like, Oh, give like open up more or like be open to love again. And then somehow that morphed into, don't like force a feeling if a feeling's not there, which yeah. I think both of those things are very um, reasonable things to to tell your sister. Yeah, no, I definitely saw that too. She came in with a different different vibe, and then yeah, and then changed. it switched real quick, and then yeah. Serena just like, Whoop. and so then when Matt and Serena parted ways, like it was definitely tense, and they were not in agreement with how they they parted ways. You know, yeah. Serena was like. He just told me to calm down. What the hell? And and Matt is just like, you know, I just want to reassure her. Like, it, yeah. it, they were just like, it was just, it just kept going from bad to worse. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of like that reassurance, you know, like when we get into this like rose ceremony, self-elimination part of this this episode, this like is what I was talking about earlier where, you know, I think Matt gave that assurance to Rachel earlier on. And I really think here he was like really going for it, laying out all the affirmations, saying things like, oh yeah, you got two one-on-ones and you got those for a reason. Like he was 
tipping his hand as much as he could tip his hand, it felt like. And honestly, I, I don't think I really even fully realized it until this moment in particular. But, you know, obviously Serena self-eliminates here. But part of me really thinks that, like, Matt might have picked Serena had she not self-eliminated. Yeah, so to bring it back to how I was saying up top that, like, I couldn't see any of these relationships except Rachel's, like, being this winner, being serious... I don't think that's because that relationship didn't exist there. Like, I yeah. I agree with you. I was like, holy shit. Like, it felt like out of left field with Serena. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like she was, like, in fourth place in my mind going yeah. in. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, no, it was just edited that way because she self-eliminates. But it's, yeah. like, normally, like, I, I'm just surprised that they didn't make us more invested in her. Like, that would also make that drama pay off right. from a production standpoint even greater so i don't know why yeah absolutely i think the answer is that they focus too much on on drama yep, honestly which yeah. is like this is a different type of drama like this is drama and you guys being production have trafficked in this type of drama so often so i am confused yeah, um yeah. by this choice but right. yeah i agree with you i was like it was the first time i was like oh wait was she a front runner like i told you last week that i thought she was going home and then i had to immediately <laughs> amend my statement before <laughs> yeah. i thought that final four we're gonna be like right right. he has a conversation with chris harrison before the rose ceremony and chris harrison's like yeah she's been your favorite since the beginning i'm like said who like what i thought that was brie and abigail like they were the favorites from the beginning yeah so it was very confusing um that also felt very like you know pushing him to go talk to her obviously they needed to talk but i think you know the pr- production was probably like priming her to get ready to leave anyway. Like yeah, that. Yeah. So that happened, you know, Matt was heartbroken. He's crying. Like it's, I think again, she's, uh, Serena's making the right decision. It feels different from kits because kits felt like, you know, like Kit probably knew from the jump that she what wasn't going to leave there engaged. But like got was surprised when she started catching feelings and when she started making it and then when like the realization of hometowns popped up, like realizing that like she probably shouldn't go further for her own sake, you know, in the sense that she's so young and she does have these other things. So like why why force like a top four when you're one of eight? Yeah. And who that and that's who's to say she would even have gone one of those spots. But like that it felt more like a course correction due to real feelings starting to get in the way. Yeah. Whereas this just felt like okay, she really realized in that moment with her sister that, like, she should be listening to the fact that, like, there's something that is not quite right. Yeah. So, um, again, I wonder how Rachel Lindsay will react to something like this for the same reasons as Kit's self-elimination. So I am looking forward to hearing if she has any reaction and, if so, what it is. Yeah. But, yeah, so they have this heartfelt talk. She self-eliminates. Matt cries. We have rose ceremony. I would say like, so you say like Matt cries, but almost it's worth calling out. Matt is just like in pure shock, I think at first and then cry, you know? So I think this was a noticeably different reaction than any other breakup or what have you that he's had. So you can just really see he's affected. I think he was really torn. I I mean, I don't want to say torn, but I think it was really, really between um rachel and serena like super super between them so yeah now we're um in the rose ceremony serena doesn't show up matt tells them serena's not coming and then 
he kind of like almost like lectures scorns them. Like I yeah. feel like he takes out his frustration on them. Yeah, like the where he's like, if you up. accept this rose, it means <laughs> that you would say yes to a proposal from yeah. me. Yeah, like no, it was very I got that too. Yeah, very bizarre. Yeah, it was just um, like it was just very like awkward whistle energy. Just like whoop. All right. Yeah. Well, I don't know what it all. It was uh, projection. I think is what was happening here. Oh, a hundred percent. And like, and I get it. Like he, his whole story is like not. Well, I mean, we haven't heard from this story in a while, I will say. But, like, in the beginning of the season, it was all about, like, it's impossible for him to be vulnerable. Like, he hasn't said, I love you ever. Yeah, like, yeah. or he's never been in love. So, it is, like, okay, I get it. You don't want to be hurt. But, like, also, these women are going to be hurt more than you. Or at least two of them. Like, yeah, at least most right. of them. So, yeah. also, like, 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 ease up a little. Ease up a yeah. little. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so all three of the women get a rose and they all, you know, apply in the affirmative and Brie, you know, makes a comment about how she didn't like the fact that she was given the last rose yeah. and that she doesn't know if she would have gotten it if it wasn't for Serena mm-hmm. leaving. Yeah, which I And I think that's incredibly that. valid because I think based on what we saw, based on Matt's language towards Brie and towards Serena, Michelle and Rachel. Like I think her hometown date was the weakest, mm-hmm. and I think she probably would have gone home. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't have any way of knowing. Yeah. Um, but that feels right. It feels act- correct. And I don't know. Like it is a little bummy to see that. Yeah. Like I'm sure she's watching this back, and I'm sure it doesn't look better. Yeah. Right. You know. Right. Um, but yeah, and so with that, the episode is over. We have a teaser. It's the women tell all next week. Victoria obviously in the hot seat. Katie kind of calling women out for not owning up to their behavior. I'm assuming that, you know, there's going to be some MJ content in there too, but there was yeah. like really no teaser for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Anna and- too, yeah. Oh yeah, and, and Anna too, which I don't think that that was I don't think that that was a great soundbite for either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean Victoria, who cares? But I don't think that was a great soundbite for Anna either. Just you know, like I was angry. It's not a great soundbite, but we also know that the soundbites very often are misleading. So something to wonder about for a week. Yeah. Um, and then you know we are teased a moment between Serena and. Matt about you know Chris Harrison asked Serena if she regrets sending herself home and part of me is like well I wonder if Matt you know since we now know that she probably would have been like a top two and who knows if what's going on with Matt and Rachel um again super assuming that she won like yeah (laughs) but Since we don't know, like, I wonder if he is, like, if he would be. I don't know. It just seems like maybe, like, a Tyler-Hannah situation. I mean, obviously, that didn't really go anywhere after. But the just, like, in terms of putting the foot forward, I don't know. I, I just, I'm just, like, all up in my feels about it. Um, did you have any feelings about that potential reunion there? See, for me, I think... I didn't really have many feelings just because I always hate the women tell all and I'm going to hate it even more this year. I'm like just not looking forward to it. So I think as soon as I got the preview of women tell all, my brain just like checked out because I was like, oh, I just want to like get past that next week. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah. That's fair. I think Chris Harrison, and we've talked about this before, but Chris Harrison does have sexist undertones when hosting and moderating yep. these nights. So it is kind of hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Eek, the women tell all. I hope that Anna's redemption arc that we saw has continued. I hope that all the women are extremely happy and, and like growing. And I hope that I don't know what I hope about Victoria. I don't know. I just, I like, and I hope, and I hope that, you know, Victoria does not go to paradise. Like, I guess that's yeah all I have there. Um, and then, you know, we get a blooper, which is just another blooper of Michelle being cute. But it's her and Matt, and he breaks his, he falls, he breaks his bike. I don't know. It's funny. What I, the thing that stuck out to me about this clip is that there's someone like jogging in the background, <laughs> and then they like off road when they get closer. They like go into the woods, and I'm like, it's like what's going on? Are you on like here? a random jogger? Like, is or is it? Are you like on production? But this is your day off. Like, yeah. <laughs> more questions about the background jogger yeah. than I do than I did about yeah, fair. this day, but. That's just how my brain works. All right. So with that, we have our Batch Nations moment of the week. And uh, one just being the general arc of Claire and Dale being back together, you know, and just like the TLDR on that. Camila, you're like having some facial expressions that the listener can't see. But just know, (laughs) listener, there's some facial journeys going on. So just before you give the TLDR... All I know is that they were spotted together in Florida. That's all I know. Yeah. So there was, yeah, there was like a couple different spottings. I don't even know if all of them were, you know, Florida doesn't even really matter. But like the first one was they were just seen together. And then I saw a handhold. And then there was something where they posted, I think they woke up together somewhere. So interesting. And then they, uh, they, they posted the same story with the same song. So it's like, all right, you two. And then I saw the latest development was them being on the beach together and Claire slapping his butt. So I think they're in the relationship again but i'm also waiting for them to acknowledge it that's probably coming this week who knows yeah well, maybe in that after the final rose also mm, yeah you know? yeah yeah they often share those types of updates on those yeah. shows that being said i think they've got a lot to cover after the final rose this year so maybe not yeah my instinct for what happened between them was you know Dale and Claire instant connection whether it was like you know him playing along with bachelor world until it became real or not uh, being pressured very early on to make uh an engagement that maybe he wasn't one hundred percent ready for, um, the pressure of that and like Claire being like five miles ahead of him, getting to him, you know, like him probably going on the show with the possibility of being married, but mainly for his career, as many people do. So ending up entangled in this engagement, like probably just trying to figure out how to get out of it without even really taking a moment to like take stock of feelings um, because just because the feelings or or maybe because the intensity just wasn't aligned, you know, a breakup happens, some time apart happens. And then in the time apart realizes that he actually did like her a lot and does want a relationship. It's just like the push of the engagement was like clouded everything. And yeah, of course, yeah. I don't know these people. I don't know their truth. They're gonna tell. They're gonna say something soon. Yeah, that yeah. is just my, you know, assertion, projection, yeah. guesstimation of what happened here. Because 
how else do you explain like Dale yeah. basically breaking up with her and then running back yeah. to her? And and right. again, he didn't literally run back to her. Like I think if anything, she right like she flew to him, but he obviously reached out to make yeah. an amend, some sort of an amend. Yeah, and they're obviously not trying to hide it anymore. Also, like all, all yeah. of these these interactions have been public for the most part, so they're not being coy. Yeah. Uh, and then the other moment I wanted to to call out was uh, a more serious moment was Matt James putting out a statement on on Monday night right before the episode this week. Uh, and, you know, I just encourage you to go over to his actual Instagram or Twitter to read it in full. But uh, some themes of of what he was saying was just like him saying that the past few weeks have been uh, some of the most challenging of his life. And while he acknowledges that they're are more episodes in the season he couldn't just like not address like what's going on so you know he says that he he's been really affected by the incredibly disappointing photos of uh rachel k um calling out the chris harrison interview saying that um chris just failed to receive and understand the emotional labor of rachel Lindsay, uh, mm-hmm. and then also calling out the franchise in general he goes on to criticize the franchise in general saying you know it was a it's a clear reflection of a much larger issue the franchise has and falling short of addressing these issues adequately for years um i don't know so i just want to wanted to acknowledge like that must have been incredibly difficult for for him to put out and i don't even know all of the different semantics behind putting that out like as far as like how clear that was or if he just kind of did it on his own or i really have no idea but i think that's something that you know, when you got to look at these things, there's there's just all the more factors that would be pushing against something like that. So, um, yeah, I'm just feeling for him, and you know, I, I I do think that there are some some things that you know he could have handled differently, or I disagree with him on. But like for the most part, I just really really feel for him in this whole experience. And also, he called out the um, you know how he's been reflecting on his experience and. And the That's experience say, yeah. of like the BIPOC women on his season and how they weren't, um, you know, they just didn't have a good time and how he's just really reflecting on that. Yeah, I think that's really important because I think, you know, there's a lot of things that you and I and I know I have to say like near the beginning of the season that I feel like he was even addressing in those words, you know, like as much mm-hmm. as he could say of like really watching back with a new and different lens and I think um, he's also kind of like calling out production and, and kind of saying like, yeah, when he's reevaluating um, and processing his experience on The Bachelor and what it represents, to me that was kind of like almost a call out of, you know, like you used me as a Band-Aid over yeah. this racist over franchise. Like you, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like maybe feeling a little used, maybe feeling a little tokenized, maybe feeling, um, you know, paraded around or something as a solution to a larger problem that needs more than just one black lead who is kind of apolitical anyway to fix it. So, and again, that's ascribing a lot, but words are powerful and I, and I, I mean, and I feel that way, right? Like I'm, I think we've talked about that, how we're like, they, you know, carefully chose this person who like, even Mm -hmm. though they're black on the outside, like fits a lot of, you know, the sensibilities, quote unquote. Like making it palatable. 
Yes, thank you. Making the thank you making the first black male lead more palatable to the rest of America. So, yeah, I just thought those that was a really powerful part um, of the statement. You know, just kind of calling the whole franchise just hey like kind of like check yourself like look how this looks look look what how you represented me or like look how you used me right um so yeah i think two great bachelor nation moments of the week um just to end on a lighter note i myself have a bachelor nation moment of the week um it's a little bit lighter more fun and it's different than our usual bachelor nation moment of the weeks it's not like a current events it's just a fan of the show who wants to see more LGBTQI representation, pitching her best damn ideas for Bachelor spinoffs. And I gotta say, I enjoyed each and every single one of them. And I hope you will too. Yeah, because I'm a TV genius. Whenever people talk about queer versions of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and yeah, um, they always are like, oh, but then like other people can sleep with each other. And like, what if they fall for each other? Ah, first of all, this is reality TV. We live for the drama, right? Um, but second of all, we can do better. Right? The Bachelor. The Bachelor is straight. All the women are bi. Lesbian version of The Bachelorette in which none of them know who is The Bachelorette. Their contestants, they're all living in the same house. They're all getting to know each other. But one of them is responsible for deciding who goes home each week and they don't know who. Version where everyone is genderqueer but only one person a week is allowed to wear a button down. I just think that one would be funny version of the bachelorette in which the bachelorette is a black woman and the contestants are all white women I'm not actually looking for love she's in on it and every week we as the audience just guess which white woman will commit the most microaggressions and with that that's another episode of baby got batch this episode was produced by us brett vergara and camila salazar have any questions, comments, opinions, haikus, or love letters for us, email them all to babygotbatchpod at gmail.com. And listen, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all of that on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you're feeling like a friend. And if you're not yet, follow us on social media. We're at babygotbatchpod on Twitter and Instagram. And listen, while you're there anyway, and you want to follow us personally, we're Brett S. Vergara and Kami Lala, and that's with two A's at the end on both. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.